When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome back to the Realistic Sustainability Podcast. As promised, this, this week's episode is going to be about embodied energy. Embodied energy is the amount of energy consumed by all the processes it takes to create a product. So let's think about that. Any product in your household, just a small piece of plastic for a toy, all the materials that were collected, if it was mined, farmed, picked, cut, any kind of raw material, processing that raw material after it's being shipped to a plant, then sending that material to another plant to make the toy, all the way through getting it into your hands. So all the transportation, all the energy from the plants, and all the energy from the processes, that is embodied energy. There's actually a little bit more, because there are some things that have a use phase and take maintenance. So for example, a t-shirt. Seems pretty simple, but it does use a tremendous amount of water and a lot of energy to make a t-shirt. Now, when you make that t-shirt, you still have to clean that t-shirt. So let's say you wear it once a week for 52 weeks. You get to add the amount of energy from the washer, but more importantly, all the energy from the dryer. Remember, anything that produces heat uses a tremendous amount of energy. And when you run the dryer, Yes, you get to split it between all the clothes that are in there. But that t-shirt gets to use that energy weekend and week out until you dispose of it. So you have multiple phases. The production phase of a product, the use phase, and the disposal phase. Because that would count if it had to be recycled. How much energy it takes to recycle? A lot of plastics use more energy to recycle than to produce new plastics, which is why most aren't recycled. One of the examples I used in the book was the plastic silverware packets that you always get uh, when you go out to eat for takeout. That has a spoon, a fork, a knife, usually a salt, a pepper, a napkin, and it's all wrapped together in more plastic. These are generally produced in other countries, far, far from where we are, which means that the materials had to be collected for the plastics, both kinds of plastics, the wrapper and the utensils completely separate because they're different plastics. The paper that you get for your napkin is different than the paper you're getting for your salt and pepper. That salt and pepper had to be printed on. That salt and pepper had to be collected and processed before he even made it to the paper plant. And then all of these things get shipped to the same place where they're put together and wrapped in a piece of plastic and shipped from one side of the world all the way over to the restaurant you're visiting that day. Just so my son can open that up, use the salt, and throw the rest away. That's one thing about single-use items, is that they're even rarely used one time. I've watched my son do it. Pull the salt out, use the salt, and throw away the rest of the packet. The amount of energy it took to even make that is astounding. And we took the salt, used it, and threw the rest away. And now it goes directly into that disposal phase. 
So why is embodied energy so important to think about? You may not know all the steps it takes, but the more you learn, the easier it is to understand how much energy is in an item. You start looking at the different materials and how many different kinds of materials are in one product. That's important because right now our energy grid is dominated by fossil fuels. Coal, oil, natural gas are pretty much the main sources of where all of your electricity and energy comes from. And until that changes, we have to be very conscious about the amount of energy we're taking and using from that grid. Now, there will come a time when renewables dominate that grid. And when it does, we'll care a little bit less about the embodied energy totals. We'll care more about disposal or you know, the space it takes up in a landfill or how long it takes to biodegrade or the amount of uh, effort it takes to recycle. But until then, your primary focus, or at least my primary focus, is using less energy because we know it's a problem. That's one of the arguments you hear from people with electric cars. As long as you're plugging it in to the electrical grid, you're still using the same amount of energy. And they're correct. That is why fixing the electrical grid is a priority right now. So hopefully this episode gives you a little more idea of what embodied energy is. If you have questions, throw them in the comments. If you think I missed something, let me know in those comments too. I appreciate hearing from everybody, and the more that people comment, the better it is for the show, and it really does help everybody understand the concepts better. I appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed the show, share with a friend, post it on social media. We appreciate it very much. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.